0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to this English lesson where you get to ask me questions and, I, and then I try to answer them. Uh, and I think I usually do a pretty good job, but I know sometimes, uh, like last week, I think I went far too long and sometimes it gets hard, but it's still fun for me. Uh, I'm Bob, the Canadian. Uh, once again, thank you for being here. Um, I actually thought I should do this for a minute. I should, I should just hide. So. So you can see the scene behind me. Uh, This is a beautiful time of year in my part of Canada. Um, When the summer begins to fade, when summer is ending, and when fall starts to begin, it's just a really nice time. I'm actually a little bit cold right now sitting out here in a t-shirt, but I love it. I love it when the air becomes a little more crisp. Uh, It's not fall yet. I'm sure we'll have some hot weather uh, in the future but uh, certainly this is a cooler day. Let me just check the audio for a sec. Ah, everything sounds pretty good. Uh, Let me explain what we are doing here today. I'm Bob the Canadian. I'm here to answer your questions about the English language. I'm assuming most of you who are watching are learning English. That's kind of the whole point of my YouTube channel. If you have a question, Todd or Dave will put a link from time to time in the chat. Please use that link. It will take you to a Google form and use that form to ask your question. I will then put the question up right over there like I just did with my little intro. uh, And I will talk, I will, I will, fix the question if there are mistakes, and I will try my best to answer them. So uh, just one more time, let me get out of the way for you so you can have a little look. I'll, I'll lean over, hopefully my back doesn't go boop or something like that. You know, when I was a kid, that's what I saw every day. And I didn't realize how beautiful it was until I was older and had lived in the city for a bit and then came back after my first year of university. And then I realized that we lived, that my parents, this was my parents' farm, I realized that they lived on a really nice property. Um, But at the time, when you're a kid, it just seems normal to have that in the background. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, I don't have the question on the screen. First question is from uh, Ruslan. So here we go. We are starting. This is the official lesson. Ruslan says, hi, teacher Bob. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing really good. You can tell I'm in a pretty good mood. I think I slept good, although I'm not sure. Uh, and it, I just have a nice day. I had a busy, busy week. And today after this live stream, I don't have anything to do. So, sir, if you were a teenager now, what specialty would you choose to study? That's interesting. I think I would have, if I was a teenager now, I would probably still be going into the field of computer science um, because I do have a fairly strong technical background. And I think I would still be studying the French language because I like French. It's a cool language to learn. So I think that's what I would be doing. Uh, Let's see here. Next question is from Athanasios. Hello, teacher. Hi, Athanasios. I hope you are doing well. Could you please explain to me the difference between ongoing versus underway? Thanks a lot. I think it's just a slight difference in how you use it when you build a sentence. The road I live on, there is ongoing construction right now. So for the entire summer, they have been fixing the road. So there is ongoing construction. That construction started, it's happening now, it's going to continue happening for a while. There is ongoing road repair, there is ongoing construction. Um, Before they started though, they were getting ready. And once they started on the road construction, I would say that the road construction was underway. So you notice the slight difference there. Ongoing kind of encompasses all of it. But when you say something is underway, it means it has begun. So this live stream is underway. We're underway uh, and we are doing a live English lesson. So hopefully that made some sense. I I think that made some sense. Uh, next question is from Deke Shanch. Deke Shanch says, happy teacher's day to the most awesome teacher. Thanks, Deek Shanch. Uh, and by the way, Deek Shanch, thanks for the postcard as well. I just finished reading this novel called The Hound of the Baskervilles. I'm not sure how, to pro- how Baskervilles is pronounced. So it's a tricky word because we don't usually spell it that way when we use village in English, right? So it looks a lot more like the French word ville, which you do not pronounce the way I did in English. So hounds, the hound of the Baskervilles. Is it hound or hounds though? I can't remember. Uh, Next question is from Mahmoud. Let's see here. Mahmoud says, hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing today? My question is, how can I start learning French? What should I focus on? Thanks in advance. So Some people will agree with my answer and some people will disagree. So Mahmoud, if you can get the app called Duolingo, and if Duolingo has um, uh, a way for someone who speaks your native language to start learning French, I'm not sure what your native language is, I would do the entire Duolingo top to bottom. I would get the Duolingo app and do that. Some people don't like Duolingo. Some people love Duolingo. I happen to really like it. When I had to review my French to get ready to teach French again a number of years ago, I did the English-French Duolingo from top to bottom, um, and I just practiced every day on Duolingo for 10 minutes, but that was not the only thing I did. But it certainly, for me, was a great tool. So that's what I would highly recommend if you are studying French. Uh, If you can find, you know, I'm not sure what your native language is again, but if they do have that available, on Duolingo, I would do that. Let's see here. Um, That's a good question. Salah Abid. Hi, Pop. (laughs) Hi, Bob. We are learning English as a second language. What is the appropriate age for a child to learn a second language? Do you teach your children French? So my children don't want to learn French. Well, that's not totally true. I have not made an effort to teach them French and they have not asked to learn French. So I have not taught them French. What's the appropriate age? Um, I actually have a few nephews who at the age of five or six, uh, they go to French immersion school. So they live with you know my family, my extended family. They live in English speaking households, but they go to school in French. Their French is a French immersion, or sorry, their school is a French immersion school. Uh, And that starts around age five or six. So I think that's a great age for kids. If you are able to just start them early. Um, I don't think uh, there's anything wrong with that at all. Let's see here. Next question is from SL Lanka. Hi, Bob. What's the difference between defer and procrastinate? So defer probably means there was a little more thought before you decided not to do something. So if I'm going to defer something to Monday, it means that I've thought about today and I'm just gonna defer, I'm gonna do that Monday instead. If I procrastinate, it actually means that I should be working on it, but I'm just doing nothing instead, okay? That's what happens when you procrastinate. Take the airplanes back. Could you explain the phrase, conscious thinking employs words? Thanks for great lessons. I should point the camera up. Maybe you can't even hear it. The microphone usually only picks up what I'm saying, but we definitely have an airplane flying overhead. Jen thinks the airplane comes every week to take pictures of the flower farm from the air. So maybe that's what's happening. Um, Conscious thinking employs words. I'm not sure what that means. It's a little bit out of context for me. It's a little hard for me to know exactly what that means, SL think, uh, Lenka, but, I guess what it could mean is that if you want to start thinking in English, try to force yourself to visually see the words and say them in your mind while you're talking. I'm, I'm just guessing there though, so. Um, so, Mary, the Iranian. Hi, teacher Bob, morning. I was wondering why they say head shrinker to a psychiatrist. So. We don't usually say head shrinker, but we do call them a shrink, okay? So sometimes when someone has challenges and they are seeing a psychiatrist, we might say they are seeing a shrink. It's slang, it's not a polite way to talk about it. Um, So we might say that, that they're seeing a shrink, but I have not heard head shrinker. Um, Maybe shrink is a short form of that, but uh, if you watch TV, uh, some English TV shows or movies, you may hear the term, you know, oh, he's, he's seeing a shrink, okay? Um, let's see here. Joshua Chong, could you teach me some writing skills? Thank you. So I can't teach you a lot of writing skills, but I'll give you a little recommendation. If you are not writing daily in English, you should start and you should start simple. There's two ways to start simple. One is to simply copy English from what you are reading Okay. So that does not require a lot of thought and it does allow the English to go through your brain once. The second thing I would recommend doing is start a diary where at the end of the day, you just write a few sentences, um, mentioning what you did that day. I think that's a good, that's a good way to do it. Oscar's Sparkin, Let me check the audio folks. Well, sorry, I started listening to myself. I I sounded really interesting. So I I just kept listening. Let's move on to the next question. Um, I'm a bit silly today, sorry. I I think it's nervous energy because school is starting on Tuesday. Um, Nervous energy is when you're worried or nervous about something or maybe excited. And nervous energy can come out as people being silly or funny. Uh, It could also... Like I I think I could get angry really quick right now at little things because I think I'm ready to start teaching on Tuesday. I'm a little worried about going back to school and being around students with the pandemic and with COVID still around. But um, yeah, I think I have a lot of nervous energy today. It's coming out as silliness right now, so that's good. Uh, Let's see here. Next question from Johnny from Brazil. Hey, Bob, good morning. Can the words approach and broach be used interchangeably? For example, I don't know how to approach the subject with him. I don't know how to broach the subject with him. So I would probably say this, I don't know how to broach the subject with him, or I don't know how to approach him to talk about this. Okay, so I would use them in a slightly different way. They are somewhat interchangeable, but I would, that's how I would use them for sure. Like I'm going to, um, I'm scared to broach the subject with him, or I'm afraid to approach him to talk about this. Let's see here. Next one is from Sine. Wait, let me just see here. Yes, I did that right. Hello, teacher. Can I say this method gives high precision, obtains high precision, difference between satisfactory and sufficient? Thank you. So I would say, first of all, it's a a bit of a cryptic question. Um, This method um, provides high precision or allows for high precision. That's what I would say. I think so. I'm thinking you're testing something like, and there's different methods to test. And one method would just give you better results and it would it would help you obtain high precision. That's what I would say. Um, that I'm not sure I can, I would have to see that. Uh, the difference between satisfactory and sufficient, fairly similar. Uh, when I took um, certain kinds of classes in school, my grades were sufficient. My grades were satisfactory. So that means they weren't amazing. Um, by the way, the uh, the class that I didn't do well in in school was usually, you're not gonna believe this, but it was usually English class because I found it quite boring. It's really weird because English, native English speakers take English class, but we don't learn how to speak English. We read novels and poems. And I didn't find it super exciting. I don't know why, because I like to write and I like to read. But um, when I took English classes as a child, my grades were sufficient. My grades were satisfactory. That means I passed the class, but the grades weren't that good. Probably the number of viewers watching the live stream will go down now because people are like, what? He got bad grades in English class? Why Why am I watching this guy? <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't happen, but hey, we'll see. Uh, let's see here. We, good morning, we. Good morning, teacher Bob. What situation, in what situation do we use the word fault and wrong? Thank you so much and have a nice weekend. If I do something wrong, then someone could say that it was my fault. Let me explain a little bit more. Let's say that um, I back up my van without looking behind me and I hit a tree. So it was wrong to drive in reverse without looking backwards, okay? That was wrong, I did something wrong. And then the fact that I hit a tree, you could say it was my fault. So it was because of me that the van hit the tree. That hasn't happened by the way, the van is fine. Elias says, hello, or hey again, Bob, hello everyone. Hi Elias, thank you so much for the super chat. Awesome to uh, have you come out and support the channel. By the way, Elias continues to learn English well and continues to study Uh, daily, pretty much daily. Uh, Good job, Elias. Let's see here. Um, Next question is from Judd. Hi teacher, thank you for giving your time to us. It's really nice of you. Would you please tell me the meaning of this or of these? She is a freak and then encounter and then mess around. Okay, so first of all, if you say someone is a freak, it means you think they are a little bit weird, okay? Or a little bit strange. So you have people that you think are normal And then there's people who are maybe a little bit different and you might say they are a freak. It's somewhat slang. It's somewhat rude to call someone a freak, uh, but you could say someone is a freak. Um, An encounter is simply a meeting, okay? So if you have an encounter with someone, it means that you met them, okay? Um, Like, let's see, uh, when I went to the restaurant yesterday, I encountered a lot of people, okay? That simply means that when I went there, there were many people there. It's not a word we use a lot. We use it to talk about, um, uh, there's a movie, Close Encounters of the, is it the third kind or fourth kind? I can't remember. Uh, There's a science fiction movie, but it's not a word we use a lot, okay? Um, And then mess around has a couple of meanings and a couple of degrees of the meaning. Um, If you and some friends are hanging around outside a store and you're just messing around, you might be like, Just, you know, smoking cigarettes. You might be just standing there talking. You might be, you know, flicking stones at the wall. You're just messing around. But it can also have a sexual overtone. So when you say that, you know, two people were messing around, it can mean that they were engaged in some kind of sexual activity. So be a little bit careful when you use the phrase mess around. Uh, Let me see here. I do want to pause and say, Hello to the 450 people watching. There is a subscribe button right there. If you are not a subscriber to this channel, uh, you should click it. If whenever people click it, it makes me extra happy. <laughs> I it does. I, I don't actually know when people click it. I was just kind of saying that. Let's see here. Next uh, next question. Hannah's Lexus. Hey, teach. Hi, teacher Bob. Could you please tell me what is the difference between classic and classical? So. That's interesting. I, I can't tell you the difference, but I can give you examples of each. In Canada, if you own a really old car, we call it a classic car. So if you have a car that's from the 70s or the 60s or the 50s, um, and then you, you, you make it look new again, we say, oh yeah, he has a classic car. My uncle has a classic car. But if you listen to music from a long time ago, we call it classical music. So um, that's, that's really the only thing I can tell you. Um, they both mean old. They both mean something from a long time ago. Uh, and there probably is a really good explanation as to why we have both those words. But just so you know, you can own a classic car. When you drive in your classic car, you can listen to classical music. So there's a slight difference between the two and there's an example for you. Uh, let me see where I'm at here. Um, Jay says, hello, teacher Bob. What is the difference between for me and to me? Thank you. Have a great day. So again, this is another hard one to describe, but I'll give you two sentences where I use both. Okay. Um, if you go out and buy a present, because my birthday is coming up, you are buying a present for me. Okay. Okay. So if you go to the store, you would say, I need to buy a present for Bob, the Canadian. And then you are basically buying a present for me. The present eventually is going to be mine. If you come to my birthday party, you would give the present to me, okay? So you would buy the present for me, you would bring it to my birthday party and you would give the present to me. There are many other ways to use for and to. So that was a very simple example but those are two example sentences for how you could use the two. Uh, Norma in the chat says a classic movie. Yes, you can watch a classic movie. You could watch a classic movie that has classical music in it. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? I'm going to have to look that one up because that is interesting. By the way, I have spent months talking way less than i normally do and next week i have to start talking a lot more at school so i hope that i don't start to lose my voice that is always a problem that teachers are worried about because we talk so much and i do have to teach with a mask on so i'll need to talk a little bit louder i wonder if i should get a microphone for my classroom anyways i'm off topic let's get back to the lesson uh let's see here um I'm going to go through these quick. Luke, sup, Bob, have you heard of these? By the way, when you say sup, it means what's up or what is up or how are you basically. Um, Sup, Bob, not much. How have you heard of these? Rat race, yes. Man-made, okay. A made man is someone in a crime organization and man-made is something that's made by a man. You'll have to look those two up. I uh, dodge, yeah, if someone throws something at me, I dodge, uh, the next word I don't recognize, give your best to someone, yes. If Jen was going to visit her parents and if I was staying home, I could say, hey, say hi to your parents, give your best to my parents. Basically, say hi for me. Do a number on somebody, yeah, that's an interesting one. If you are playing a sport and some, like a like American football, and if you are tackled really hard, we would say that that guy really did a number on you. Okay. So it kind of describes an interaction quota is, wow, this is a lot of questions. Quota is when I'll tell you this much, when we were milk producers, there was a quota and we were allowed to produce a certain number of liters of milk per day. So a quota is a limit for production. And then gauge is simply, um, when you assess something, uh, so that, Luke, that was a lot of questions in one thing. Let's, that is, I think I answered them all pretty good. Uh, let's see. Mia says, hello, teacher Bob. Hope you're having a nice day. I am. It's very cool. The sun has gone away. It might rain later and we do need rain again. <laughs> uh, Madi is laughing, I think, because I'm off topic. Um, could you please explain the phrases low key and high key and give some examples? Thank you. So we use the phrase low key. I have not used the phrase high key, okay? So low key is when, let's say you go to a big birthday party, but you're feeling a little bit tired and you don't want to talk to a lot of people. Um, You might just wanna be a little bit low key and just kind of stand off to the side or at the back of the party. Sometimes at night for work, we have meetings where all of the parents and teachers come in. And if I want if I don't feel like talking to a lot of people and I just wanna be a little more low key, I'll just kind of stand at the back of the gymnasium or the room we're having the meeting in um, and just just be a little more low key. So um, I would look that up though, uh, Mia, because there are other ways to use low key as well. Uh, Let's see here. Sheik says, hello, teacher Bob, hope you are doing good. Can you tell me if it is helpful to practice speaking English with Google Assistant? So I use the Google translate app to sometimes translate sentences or words into French. And then I will listen to the audio and then try to repeat it. It's kind of robotic, but it can help you learn to pronounce certain words that are a little bit tricky. So there are various ways to use, you know, the, um, text to speech or speech to text in Google Docs and those kinds of things, um, I would say just use everything. If it helps you, then certainly use it. Next question is from Anmar. Oh, what happened there? Looks like I highlighted it. Um, Next question is from Anmar. How to, we need a two here, how to develop my language. And let me just rephrase this question, Anmar. What you should, this would be a good way to say it. How can I improve my English? what can I do to continually develop my English language skills? Okay. And practice, uh, practice all the time. And here's Bob, the Canadian, the broken record. Make sure you're reading, make sure you're writing, make sure you're listening, make sure you're speaking, make sure you're learning new vocabulary. And then I don't always throw grammar on the end, but do study a bit of grammar so that you can at least know some of the rules for sure. Let's see here. Um, Just give me one sec, people. Um, Just have to check something for a minute. Yeah, I'm, okay, sorry. Let me get to the next question here. Sorry, I was distracted for a moment by a message that came up. So there are a few questions here that are grammar questions. I am going to skip over them. There are actually many of them. So give me a moment to find... The next question. The next question is actually about farming <laughs> our flower farm. Renata says, Do you grow lilies and violets on your farm? What do you know about ferns? OMG, their leaves, they fall off a lot. <laughs> Any tips? Thank you, Bob. So, we grow lilies. We do not grow violets. Um, we grow lilies um, pretty much every year. We grow lilies. They're tricky though because you plant one bulb and you get one flower from a lily, sometimes two. So, they're expensive to grow and I don't know anything about ferns, okay? And just so everyone knows, OMG is short for, oh my God. It can be considered a swear word uh, for some people in English, depending if they are religious or not. Um, So OMG, that is what the short form is. Um, I don't know why leaves fall off. Sometimes it's because you aren't watering them enough, but it might be because you're watering them too much. I don't know, Renata, sorry. Hey, I'm gonna check the audio for a sec. Give me a minute here. There we go. Okay. Sorry to slow down a bit there, people. I will get back to the lesson. I do want to mention this though. I did skip a couple questions because they were very much grammar related. It is difficult to answer grammar questions live. Uh, Grammar lessons are better scripted and made ahead of time. <clears throat> excuse me. So I do usually skip those. So if you are one of the people who you feel like I have not answered your question, if it was about verb tenses and prefixes and suffixes, I usually do skip those. Kadir says, hi, Bob. How is your day? I I will be coming to Canada to live. Can you give me some advice? Yes. First of all, if you are coming from a country where you don't have winter, And if you are moving to one of our Northern cities, um, I would consider Montreal, um, Ottawa, uh, maybe Calgary uh, as our most Northern cities, be prepared for a very cold winter, Quebec City as well. If you are moving to one of our Southern cities, um, be prepared that winter will be not too bad, but it might be cold sometimes. So that is probably my number one uh, thing to recommend. If you are moving to Canada, if you are moving to any of our Northern cities, be ready, have the right clothing. Uh, winter starts in October and November, and it can last all the way till the end of March sometimes. So get ready for that, because it can be cold. It can be really cold, actually. Um, let's see here. Next question is from my Mayra. Hello, Bob, I have a question. What do you enjoy the most? about learning and teaching English. Thanks a lot, regards from Mexico. I think I just, I really like helping people. Um, It's really fun. I know this live stream is not the perfect way to help one person learn English, but it is nice to be able to just answer some questions for people. It's nice to be able to take the time uh, to answer some questions. I do wanna give a shout out in the chat to Gaga. Uh, Gaga was taking a break to focus on studies. I see him in the chat, so hi Gaga, good to see you again. Um, But yes, I just, uh, I like it that I'm at the point in life where I have time to actually do this. That's, uh, it's just fun for me, so lots of fun. Uh, Let's see here, next question from Steven. What's the difference between intend and plan? So when you intend to do something, it means you, have thought about it, and you are going to do it, okay? So I intend to relax this afternoon. I intend to finish this live stream, clean up my equipment, and relax. It's been a long week, I need a little bit of a break. I can also say, I plan to relax this afternoon. I plan to finish this live stream, and then clean everything up, and then I plan to relax. So in those two sentences, they mean exactly the same thing. Let's see here. Um, Next question from Nazir from India. Hi, Nazir. Hi teacher, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Is there any difference between sometimes and once in a while? I had another doubt too, but I forgot it, my bad. Um, So sometimes I'm happy. Once in a while, I'm happy. Sometimes I drink a lot of water during my live stream. So they're, they're really just slightly different. Um, they do mean that you're doing something a lot, though, okay, or that you're doing something repeatedly. Like sometimes I enjoy my job. Sometimes I don't. Once in a while, I would say sometimes is more often than once in a while. But they do refer to doing something repeatedly, right? Like uh, once in- Jen and I go out to eat every once in a while. You know, once in a while uh, I'll order pizza. Sometimes I order pizza. Actually sounds like I'm doing it a little bit more, but they both just refer to actions that are repeated. Let's see here. Um, Next question from Alice. Hey, Bob, I come from China. Hi, Alice. I am sorry that I can't watch your live every time, because I am going back to school, or maybe you are back in school, I just wanna thank you. Well, you are very welcome, Alice. I'm glad that when you do have the time, you are able to be here. By the way, I do wanna say hi to the 544 people who are watching, or 555. Uh, If you are not a subscriber, you should click that red button, it's right here. Try to hold it in my hand, it's right here. This is hard to do, there, it's it's right here. Uh, if you click it, it's free by the way, and you just get notified when I make a new English lesson. Let's see here. Next question from Ario. Hola, Mr. Bob. My question is Why do Americans love Japan? I love Japan too. Thank you. So I did make some qu- uh, corrections there, Ario. Why do Americans love Japan? I love Japan too. Um, I don't know why Americans love Japan. Uh, I think probably because it's a pretty cool country. Um, by the way, I have been watching a documentary about gardens, Monty Don's gardens, and he went to some gardens in Japan and they were beautiful. That was a really cool episode. Um, it was, uh, I don't know why I watch it. It's one of the shows I watch to relax. It's called Monty Don's gardens and he goes to gardens in different countries. Um, and he went to some gardens in the middle East. He went to some gardens in Japan and they were very beautiful. So Maybe that's why Americans love Japan. Let's see here. Next question is from Esther. Hi, Esther. Dear Bob, I would like to ask, what's the meaning of Papa gets swag? I saw this sentence from an American TV show. Thanks. So swag was a word, it's not used a lot anymore, but it can refer to like really cool clothing. Uh, Bling is cool jewelry. Swag um, can be things that you, Like you can have a bag that you get from a convention and you'd call it your swag bag and then you put lots of different cool things in it. Um, I think it's not so much clothing. Let me take that back. Uh, I think swag would be things that you, let me put it this way. When I go to a teacher's convention, they give us some swag at the convention. So we get like a drinking, um, like a water bottle and we get like a little um, uh, clipboard and like a pen and I don't know look up the word swag and maybe you can get a better description than what I'm giving. Or maybe uh, Dave or Todd or Brent in the chat can give us a better description of what swag is. Let's see here. Rod, how are you, sir? I wonder why we say in class and we can't say in a party. So why do we say at the party? Thanks and have a great Sunday. You know, that's a great question. So I was talking about this with my friend Marie last week. The in and at in English are really weird. Um, so w- my students are in a class. They take a class, but they are also in a class, okay? My kids are, uh, when they go to school, they'll be in a class. They'll be in a classroom, they'll also be in a class. When you go to a party though, you're definitely at the party. You're totally correct. Like I was at a party last week. Um, next week, I am going to go to a party. When I am at the party, I am going to talk to my friends. So. Don't know the answer, Rod, but I just mentioned quite a few example sentences there for people to listen to. If you did not hear them, you could go back and listen to them later as well. Uh, Brent says, swag equals stuff we all get. Yeah, so like as an acronym, very cool. Thanks, Brent. Teachers conventions don't don't give very good swag, by the way. I think you get better swag uh, if you go to something fancy. Uh, teachers conventions, you get a you get a, a clipboard. What did I say? A clipboard, a water bottle, and a pen. I think that's the swag that you get at a teachers convention. Um, next question is from Iliane Santos, and Iliane says, "Hi Bob. For this following question, is it okay to set the meeting for nine? Which answer would be correct? It's okay for me. It's okay." So here's what I would say. If someone said, hey, can we set the meeting for nine? I would say, fine by me. I would say, sounds great. I would say, that's okay for me. Um, I would say that works for me. Um, Yeah, that's what I would say. So set the meeting by nine, does that work for you? Works for me, that's fine with me, that's fine for me, that's great, that works for me. All of those responses would work and be very common, by the way. And I think I used all of those sentences this past week at work. I think I used like, yep, that works for me. Yep. And then you might say after that, uh, I'll see you at nine. Okay. Yep. That works for me. I'll see you at nine then. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I was wondering what Brent would say. Brent said, I got a free nail file from a teacher's insurance company this past week. Yeah. Teacher swag is is <laughs> the best kind of swag. No one gives us sports cars, by the way. That's, that's pretty rare. Uh, let's see here. So Tony says, is it true that Canadians tend to use lots of slang and idioms or not? Thank you, teacher Bob, and have a nice day. So this came up in a a question I had on Facebook, actually. I do have a second English channel where I teach short English lessons. And the question was, um, you teach all these phrases, but none of these phrases are actually used, are they? Like, are you just teaching us phrases from a book? And here's what I'll tell you. I'm getting emotional about this. No, I'm I'm not. On my second channel, I mentioned this in the last lesson. Every phrase I teach is a phrase that I have heard that day or the day before or earlier that week. It is a phrase that I have heard a colleague use or one of my kids, or I have heard on the radio or on television. So yes, English speakers... Even though you might watch videos where the teacher says you don't need to learn idioms, you don't need to learn slang, I'll tell you this, it it is no problem for me to find an English idiom or phrasal verb or phrase or term every day that's new and unique that I need to teach to you, okay? So we do use them, we use them all the time. You'll even notice in the chat those who have a higher level of English or some of our native English speakers use idioms and slang all the time, okay? It's quite common. Like if you watch Brent in the chat, it's a very, by the way, all of you should pay attention to anything Brent ever types because he is another English teacher on YouTube. He's another real life English teacher and he is a native English speaker. So when, when Brent and I um, kind of have a little back and forth during a live, and he's talking directly to me. He often will be speaking very pure and very common English. Okay? And it's very cool. So pay attention to him and watch his videos and go to his live streams. And I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention this, but enjoy your time at home, Brent. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but enjoy your time at home because I know you're you're not allowed to be at work for a little bit, are you? So that's that's how COVID works. It's just like weird disease, isn't it? Um Alberto has the next question, and I need to do something for one moment. By the way, I forgot about this, but that's okay. It's not too late. I have, let's see here. Um, I have turned on members, or sorry, members only chat. If you are a member of the channel, you may ask questions directly in the chat for the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, And I do wanna thank you once again for being members. For those of you who are not members, you should scroll down and read what you get if you're a member. Uh, It's quite a bit actually, I think, it's quite handy. If you are an English teacher, you should consider being a member because you get a lot of support materials for videos and for live streams. So anyways, uh, let's see. Brent is talking about my other short English lessons. Thanks Brent for the shout out on that. Panthera is talking to Arone. How have you been doing? Excellent. Lolly says, please give my best to Jen, I will. By the way, from now until the middle of October is a very busy time for Jen and I. So if you think about I am a teacher, Jen grows flowers. This is a time where our work overlaps during the year. So the month of June and the month of September are very busy months for us. So thanks, Lolly, I will give my best to Jen for you. Uh, Elias says, Bob, when I say, I'm just going to kick back today, does it mean I want to relax? Yes, I'm, gonna just, I'm just gonna kick back today. That's my plan this afternoon, clean up all this equipment. And I'm just gonna, I think I'm gonna lay on the couch. I, I'm just gonna kick back. Probably around four or five though, I'll start working on something because again, I have that nervous energy right now. Toshi says, hello, sir, how are you? May I ask you something? In the record or on the record, which is more suitable? When you are talking to a reporter, you are either on the record or off the record. If you are on the record, it means whatever you say will be in a news article, possibly. If you are talking to a reporter, that's a journalist, and they say this is off the record, whatever you say is private between the two of you, okay? And then let's see here. Um, For example, the sunny days last the most oh, that's different. We say, this is the coolest day on record, or tomorrow is going to be the hottest day on record. So slight difference there, okay? You take out the the, but we would say that. We would say, you know, it, this coming winter might be the coldest winter on record. So there you go. Uh, Julia says, hi, teacher Bob. Could you please explain the meaning of the phrase, you are good to go? Yeah, so let's say I'm at the store and the cashier says, do you want bags? and I say yes, and then they put all of my groceries in the bag, when they are done, they would probably say, you're good to go. Basically, that means everything's ready, everything's good to go. When I start the live stream, I actually say this to myself. I say, okay, I have my microphone, I have my camera, I did a test, I'm good to go. It simply means I'm ready, okay? Great question, by the way. Let's see here. Baha says Brent. I made a video about my forced quarantine. It's public knowledge. Okay, good. Uh, it made our local newspaper. So that means I'm allowed to talk about it a bit too. Brent started school. They had teacher meetings. Uh, and Brent now does not have COVID, but uh, he does have to be home for a bit because someone in his building tested positive. So I think he's home for 14 days, probably 12 more now, but I hope it goes well, Brent. I I, I felt really bad when you emailed me and told me that. I felt like man, we we just wanna get this school year started. We might end up learning from home, but it would be so nice uh, to get it started. So I hope things go well um, for you. Melody says, good morning. Hi, Melody. Uh, Panthera says, dear teacher Bob, can you help me to understand if we say, for, for example, someone came out from a meeting all revved up. Yeah, you could say that. We would actually say all fired up. We Revved up is common as well, but in my part of Canada, like if I go to a meeting and it's really exciting and I come out of the meeting, I could say, I'm just all fired up. And that would be that I'm excited in a positive way. Um, revved up could mean, yeah, I'll have to look that one up. We don't often use it. Um, because fired up can also mean that you're angry or annoyed. It depends on the context. Like he got some bad news and now he's all fired up about it. So it can mean that it's bad. You could say, you know, he got a brand new, my son got brand new toys and now he's just all fired up to play with them. That would be a positive way to use it. Lolly says, merci, Bob. Rod says, as slang, swag is another word for stylish person, isn't it? You know, this is where Bob the Canadian reveals that he's not hip and cool and he doesn't know enough to answer the question. So sorry about that, Rod. Um, I think if I was 27 years old, I would know everything about swag and being hip and cool. Brent said, I heard a great story that makes me think of you. Holland gives Canada tulips every year for their help in World War II, I think. Canada has a good relationship with Holland because during World War II, I don't know the exact story, but a member of the Dutch royal family actually lived in Canada during World War II. And so there is always um, just been good relations between Holland and Canada. And many Dutch people after World War II immigrated to Canada. That's why I live here, because my grandparents immigrated to Canada after World War II. Elias says, Bob, which means, what does this phrase mean? That was cutting it fine. Not sure I would use that phrase, Elias. I would use the phrase cutting it close. When you cut something close, it means, um, Let's say you need to be somewhere at nine o'clock and you get there at one second before nine o'clock, you could say, I'm not late. That was cutting it close or I was cutting it close. So that means when you're, you just do something uh, on time. Let's see here, Juniarto says, hi, hello, Sir Bob. I think maybe it will be amazing if someday we, your subscribers or members could have a conversation with you. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I, I don't know how to do that well. Um, Someone suggested that I should do another giveaway and that the winners of the giveaway would get to have a Zoom meeting with me. And I like all of those ideas. Someone suggested I should travel the world and have a meetup in every city. That sounds great too. Honestly though, I'll tell you this, I'm a very busy person. Until I work less or become less busy, I'm probably just gonna do what I'm doing. And that's make a video every week do a couple live streams and that'll be it for now. We'll see what the future holds. Maybe things will change. Um, Panthuri says Brent is also great. He is Brent is awesome. Rod says, Um, it made your local paper. Wow, yeah. So Brent's story about being home made the local paper. Well, I'm assuming the fact that there was COVID in that area of your city also made the paper. Uh, let's see here. Julia says, Thanks a million. Uh, Brent says to Rod, yeah, it's against the law to reveal the person's name, but they can say a teacher tested positive. Another teacher in my building is sick now. Yeah. That's kind of how viruses work. You know, that it's amazing how, like in a negative way, it's amazing how easily COVID passes from one person to another. Uh, I'm just, to me, it's an amazing thing. By the way, amazing can be used to describe a negative thing as well. Uh, some, we usually say, you know, Um, You know, this, that's an amazing tree. Look how big it is. But you can also describe negative things to a certain degree with the word amazing. Um, Let's see. No worries, sir. My children say things I tell them Portuguese, please. Very, very cool. Um, Let's see here. We got 15 minutes left. Let me get to the next question from the general public. Daniel says, hi, Bob, how can I improve my English pronunciation because sometimes I feel a bit embarrassed when I try to talk in public. So the way forward on that Daniel is to make sure you have a lot of one-on-one conversations and the the simplest way to do that is to hire someone on Preply or Cambly or Italki I think is the other one. Um, That way you're less embarrassed because it's not someone you know personally It's easier to have an English conversation with someone who's kind of a stranger. Um, I practice my French each week with a friend of mine from New York, who's a French native from France originally. Um, It's easier for me to make mistakes when I talk to her because there's no repercussions. What that means is no one's gonna make fun of me. Um, So the more one-on-one conversations you can have, the better it will be for you. Uh, let's see. Tochi says, I have another question. I had eight hours of sleep or I had eight hours sleep last night, which is right. Um, I had eight hours. So I would say this, I had eight hours, I had a full eight hours sleep last night. I had eight hours of sleep last night. I had eight hours sleep last night. That's a little bit slangy to say it that way, but you could say that you could say, I feel good. I had eight hours sleep last night. Totally, totally fine in a conversation. The correct thing to say would be, I feel great. I had eight hours of sleep last night. Uh, Elias, Bob, have you heard of the LinQ website? I saw it yesterday and there are some videos of you there. I found it interesting, but I don't know if it's a partnership with the site that they, that you can have. I think it's the videos on LinQ are actually still YouTube videos. So it, that's allowed, you're allowed to do that. You're not allowed to download videos and put them on other platforms. Um, But yes, I have actually used LingQ. I read uh, the French book. I reread Le Petit Prince uh, on LingQ. And then there was little tests you could do while you were reading the book. It was very cool. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Carolyn says, please, can you give me tips to teach teens? Thank you. If you are teaching teenagers, so I'll tell you what I do because I teach teenagers. Um, I do happen to teach them French, not English. Make sure you are using some kind of current television show in English that is made for teenagers. So in my French classes, I use a show called *Sibidu Texto. That's a French language television show from Quebec that is made for teenagers between the age of 15 and 18. That is the best recommendation I can give you. You'll need to, of course, do many other things in your language class, but if you can find a show that's made for people that age, they will be more interested in it. They'll be more interested in it, honestly, because it's people doing the same things as them. Um, you have to realize that human beings find other human beings interesting and attractive and cool. And generally when teenagers watch shows with other teenagers in it, they see people who they like and it just helps. So that's what I would say. Uh, Pantheris says, uh, teacher Bob, should I understand sold on? If I have read this, many people are sold on So when you're sold on something, it means you believe it. Okay, so you could say, you know, these people aren't gonna like this, but it's important that you get them sold on this idea. Basically, that means you get them to understand the idea and to believe it. Um, Give me one moment here, everyone. I do need to make the reverse change. I'm gonna turn off members only chat. I know that wasn't necessarily as long as normal Um, let's see here. Elias. Oh, wait, I did that one. Mrs. G's classroom. Bob, I am an English teacher and I just became a member a few days ago. I love your perks. Thank you. I'm glad that you are probably what might be helpful for you as a teacher is just having transcripts. Um, they are just handy when a teacher can get a word for word transcript of a video. You can do a lot with that with your students. You can make little activities. You can make little matching activities. You can do fill in the blanks, many, many things. So thanks, Mrs. G. Um, Brent says, if you're teaching teenagers, Run, Yeah, I don't seem to have a problem, but uh, they are, it is an interesting age. Yeah, it can be challenging at times to teach teenagers. Uh, Let's see here. I'm gonna jump back to the uh, bigger list of questions. Uh, Next one is from Natalia. Why do we use the prepositions at and by in a sentence? I was shocked at what I saw. I was shocked by what I saw. How can we remember it? So just remember one, both sentences are correct. I was shocked at what I saw. I was shocked by what I saw. They mean the same thing at and by are, are, many times, uh, they can be flipped. And I think you just need to know that if you simply learn one for that example, don't worry about the other one from now. Okay. So you don't always have to learn all the variations on how to use something. Um, but yeah, I I'm sorry. Again, English is weird, right? Like you could say things like, um, meet me by the mall, meet me in the mall, meet me at the mall. And they all mean slightly different things. If I say meet me by the mall, I'm outside the mall waiting for you. If I say meet me in the mall or at the mall. So let me back up. If I say meet me at the store, I could be outside the store. I could be inside the store. If I say meet me by the store, I am outside the store. If I say meet me in the store, I am inside the store. So sorry, English, just weird. It's a weird language. We, sh- we should have stuck closer to our Latin roots like some of our other cousin languages did, I think. Let's see here. Adnane, bonjour Bob. I have a couple questions for you. Why does Canada use French as a second language and comparing between French and English, which one is easier to learn? Made a few corrections while I read that Adnane, but here, I, here I'll tell you this. We uh, are a bilingual country because we were originally settled by both French speaking people from France and English-speaking people from Britain, okay? So the history of Canada is a history that involves two European nations settling this area, okay? Primarily English-speaking people were settling to the south and French-speaking people from France were, were settling in the area that's now the province of Quebec. As history progressed, we have always maintained two distinct languages in our country because we have two distinct groups of people who for many years have spoken both languages. So that's it. What's easier to learn? I actually think French is more logical than English, but each language has its challenges. English has phrasal verbs and prepositions. French has nouns that can be masculine or feminine. So for instance, for someone like me, the hardest thing about French is remembering if a word is masculine or feminine, okay? It took me a long time to learn that It's la maison or la pizza, but it's um, le lait. I hope I got that right. Um, So I think both languages have their unique challenges. That's what I would say. Uh, Let's go to the next question. Hafez says, hi, how is it going? Please give me the names of some novels to improve my English thanks in advance. So I usually recommend people read The Pearl by John Steinbeck. If you want... uh, You can read other works by him, but that book is a short book. It is a fairly easy read. It's not a modern story, but it is a story about people and how they interact with each other. Um, So The Pearl by John Steinbeck. After that, I would say this, you need to know your level of English. If you are a beginner, just read kids' books. Some people are embarrassed to read kids' books as an adult. When you're learning a language, if that's the book you understand, read that. If that's too easy, read young adult fiction. So read books that are written for kids between the age of 12 and 16, um, and just progress through that. Because if you read children's books and then teenagers, uh, books for teenagers, the difficulty progresses until you get to um, what I would say uh, are adult books, like bestsellers from the New York Times bestseller list. Let's see here. Next question is from Oscar, can you come here for a sec, pup? Come up, pup. Come here. Come here, pup. Come here. This is this is dangerous. This is the dangerous part of the live stream. Come on, puppy. Come on, puppy. Oh, there we go. Yeah, say hi. He's like right on the table. Here, if you. I know. This is where I get worried about my equipment. I let's see if he'll come up right here. No, 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 right here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He knows this is where the camera is. Okay, well, you got to see Oscar's shoulder <laughs> slightly. There we go. Come here, Pop. Yeah, good boy, good boy. There we go. I I feel like we, like, are holding him to put him on camera. So a face. He's quite the... Jen's here, too, but she has work clothes on, so she doesn't want to pop. Are you, like, making him Thank you. Thank you, Oscar, for coming. box. Yeah, he's... Yeah, you're... I feel like we're being mean to Oscar now by making him go on camera. So anyways, Lolly Lolly at the beginning asked if she could see Oscar today. Um, there you go, Oscar. Uh, yeah, I see Lolly in the chat saying, Oscar, come. That's what you say to a dog. You say, come, come here, cure here, pup. You often call a dog, pup. It's kind of a nickname for a dog. It's short for puppy. Uh, let's see here, uh, Sevda says, Uh, It's Sevda from Turkey. What is the difference between expend and expand? When you run, you expend energy, okay? So you have a certain amount of energy. When you run, you expend energy. It means you use energy. Kind of the opposite is if you don't run and if you sit in the house eating cookies, you will expand, <laughs> your belly will expand. If you blow air in a balloon, the balloon will expand, okay? So listen again to the pronunciation. When you run, you expend energy. When you blow up a balloon, the balloon will expand. I'm glad Oscar could join us, but he he really doesn't like the camera. Even when I'm out making a video for the Tuesday video, he often, he'll he'll sit on the other side. He doesn't like it when the camera is pointed at him. Um, Faz says, hi, Bob, I have a question for you. What, let me, here's how I would write this question. What should I learn first when I want to learn English? Grammar, pronunciation, or anything, could you give me a list? So if you are just starting learning English, the very first thing you need to do is learn vocabulary. You need to just, memorize 500 to 1,000 English words, usually for items, like learn the word for cup, the word for kitchen, the learn the word for bicycle. If you are an absolute beginner, you need to have a basic level, a basic amount of vocabulary memorized. After that, you can start to learn the present tense, but I would actually encourage you more to learn what we call the present continuous. Okay. So like I am drinking, I am walking, I am doing a live stream. Um, and then go from there. But certainly if you are an absolute beginner, vocabulary is, uh, the number one thing that you should be working on. Uh, let's see here. Ana- Anocha. Hi teacher Bob. What is the best way to practice your English without a foreign partner? Thank you. So eventually you need a speaking partner, but there are things you can do without a speaking partner. You can have pretend conversations with yourself. So you can say, "Um, how are you today? I'm fine, how are you? I'm doing quite good. How was your party last night? It was a good party, I had fun. So you can have pretend conversations. You can listen to people on a YouTube video, hit pause and repeat what they have said. You can find the script to a little video of two people talking, and you can try to play one of the parts. So if you can get the words for the video, Um, and then you can read out loud. None of these are perfect, but they all to some degree mimic conversation, or at least allow you to start practicing saying the words out loud. But eventually, if you are serious about learning a language, eventually you need a speaking partner. It's not the very first thing you need, but it's very important. And you need to continue having one. I have a French speaking partner because there's no one to speak French to each week and a language kind of, it doesn't disappear, but we would say you get rusty. So just like a vehicle starts to rust, you could use the same word to describe. If you don't speak English for a year, um, your English gets a bit rusty. So that's how I would describe it. Uh, let's see here. So, Peshraj Jawad, hello teacher. How can I stop translation in my head when I speak English? For me, when I was learning French, this was simply a matter of time and it was a matter of having many, many conversations. So I think the true is the same as true in English. And what's challenging is some people can get there quicker than others. Some people can very quickly learn to think in English. But one thing that can help is if you constantly narrate what you're doing in your mind. Okay. What that means is that if you want to start to think in English, Start to kind of in your mind, say what you're doing all throughout the day. So do this. Um, If you are in the subway, in your mind, think to yourself in English, I am riding the subway. Like try to see the words in your mind. This isn't perfect. This is not scientifically proven. This is just Bob's ideas, but try as much as you can to force yourself to see the words and think the words in your mind all day okay whenever you are by yourself doing something try to do that that will help um, for me if i watch french television before i go to bed then the people in my dreams speak french so i think to, at a certain point it becomes a little more automatic um the people in my dreams speak perfect french by the way but but i don't hey let's do uh one more question and we will wrap this up glober says hey bob when situate in what situation Can I use I think and I guess? Could you tell us some examples? Yeah, I think I can give you some examples. I guess I could give you some examples. I think I've answered enough questions today. I guess I've answered enough questions today. They're slightly different. By the way, I was just using those two phrases. It might've seemed like I was pretending to think, but that's how you would use them, right? So here's some examples. My brother says, hey, Bob, can you come over later today? I need some help with something. I could say I'm really busy, but I guess I could pop by it too. I could say I'm really busy, but I think I can pop by it too. So in those situations, they mean exactly the same thing. Hey, uh, this was a nice lesson. Uh, It's not as cold as I thought it was gonna be, but it's pretty cold. The sun went away during the lesson. Um, It's been an hour. I'm gonna wrap this up. I know last week I did the marathon lesson. I think the brain only works for one hour when you're doing a live stream. I think it's bad to go longer than that. Um, And I do need to just take a little bit of a break this afternoon. So thank you so much for watching. Big thank you to Brent from American English with this guy. Very helpful in the chat. Do check out his channel as well. Big thank you to Todd and Dave for being here uh, and to just help moderate. Um, You're probably not aware of how helpful or how important that is sometimes, but for them to be here and to keep the chat civil and to keep the chat going well uh, is very helpful for you. So I appreciate it, of course, because I want the chat to be good. But uh, I also just wanna say thank you to them personally. It's just super helpful to have good moderators in the chat. So thanks guys. Uh, Thanks to all the members who help support this channel. You guys are awesome. Uh, It's very helpful for me as I go through this every week to know that there is a bit of money for me to buy a new microphone or a piece of equipment from time to time to make things better. Um, I'm starting teaching Tuesday. So wish me luck, wish me all the best. Uh, I think it's gonna go well, but I'll be honest, I'm a little bit nervous because Everyone has a little bit of a different opinion on how serious COVID is. And I think next week I'm going to find out that some people are very serious and other people are less serious. You've probably all noticed that when you walk around outside. Um, anyways, this was fun. I'm gonna stop rambling on. Have a great weekend and uh, there will be a new video Tuesday for sure. So look for that. Anyways, bye. I didn't make an outro yet. So it's just me waving bye. See you. Have a good week.